Welcome to the Paidia Education Podcast. I'm Dr. Bernie Wilkinson. I'm Dr. Richard Marshall. And here we are Friday morning, ready to go. We, we start out every week that way, don't we? I know, it's always a shock to hear that it's Friday morning. <laughs> the, the time, is, time goes by so fast. Everybody's saying, well, this is that time of year. Uh, universe, yeah. Colleges and universities are ending their semester. Uh, this is finals. Finals week is coming up uh, for most places. Some places last week, some places this week. Um, we're winding down in the public schools. Yep. Uh, we're um, slowly meandering through the testing season, as we call it. And some of the private schools only have like three weeks left of school. Some schools have just weeks to go. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're uh, ready. Well, actually, today's the 29th of April, isn't it? Right. So we have May and then a week of June and, and uh, the schools will be out again. Summer vacation is right around the corner. So, yeah. um, so we're slowly making our way to the end of the school year. Um, yes. So... Uh, some more willingly than, than others. That's right. Some looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm sure the kids are looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. We are. We are. I like when my kids are home for the summer. Well, yeah. I don't know about that part. But yeah, uh, they, <laughs> we, we have fun. We have fun. Well, um, so today, uh, well, as you said a minute ago, we're wrapping up um, mm-hmm. testing. We, we've talked about some of the testing stuff for the past few weeks, but, mm-hmm. but today we're going to, today's topic is, uh, the big disconnect. Right. Um, right. And of course, we're talking about the disconnect. Well, I don't mm-hmm. know about of course. We are talking about the disconnect between administration mm-hmm. and reality. No, <laughs> administration and teachers and, and, and That's students right. and everybody else. Yeah. And it's, ha- it's happening not, we, we call it the big disconnect because it suddenly occurred to us as we've been talking about, you know, this comes under the heading of not being a curmudgeon. Right. Okay. So we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks that we want to provide useful information without complaining too much. And it suddenly struck us that across um, institutions in our country today, there's this disconnect between administration and everybody else in the organization. For example, um, there was a time when hospitals were run by physicians. Right. Okay, the, the head of the department was Not a doctor. Anymore. The president of the hospital was a doctor. Uh, you've all seen, um, what was that show? Um, the doctor who solved the uh, problem, the uh, house, house, the head of the, the whole thing was a woman, the woman physician. Okay, yeah. the hospital was run by physicians, and um, now they're run by professional administrators. Yeah. You know, people who are not trained in medicine, and you have the same thing in colleges and universities. You have an administrative class and the teachers. You have it in hospitals. And you have it in K-12 education. Right. You have, uh, in our county, you have people in Bartow at Central Administration. And then you have everybody scattered throughout the... Um, and, and so it suddenly occurred to us that there is this evolving um, uh, uh, difference between the professional administrators and the worker, what we call the worker, the worker bees, the workers. Uh, in our case, it's professional educators who serve as administrators and those who teach in the classroom, or principals and teachers. Um, and the other thing that, that uh, struck us about this mm-hmm. was that um, this, uh, the um, recently formed committee, uh, Citizens About Testing. Oh, yeah. 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 And you were on that uh, panel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that, that is um, uh, under the direction of Wendy Bradshaw. Right, right. Here, you're talking about here in, in Polk County. Polk County. There's a, there's a, right. right, right. Okay. Right. And so, but these, there are movements like this around the country because people are starting to really ask serious questions about all of this assessment. And um, one of the things that, that um, 
happened last week uh, was that uh, the members of the Citizens Committee uh, that are concerned about testing asked for some clarification and some explanations. And apparently they, they received a document that was filled with um, sort of vague and yeah. highly technical responses. Right. And it sort of shifted the onus from the, um, the administration, the central administration, to the committee to prove what they were saying, you know, right. and that that was sort of a distortion and a and a reversal of fortunes, and so one of the members, um, uh, one of our local advocates, yes, um, wrote sort of a scathing um, criticism of the response. It wasn't a scathing criticism of any people; right. it was a scathing criticism of the response. And it struck me as I was reading, and rightfully the, so. Yeah, yeah. Rightfully I mean, so. I mean, he's asking a public employee. I mean, after all, these people are are public employees. We live in the in a state with sunshine laws, that, right. and, and public employees are are supposed to serve the people. And this was a case where they were sort of getting stonewalled or blocked, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in the request. And and he was rightfully upset about that. Um, but it struck me that we live in an era um, of uh, the search for the guilty. Um, right. in, instead of, we used to laugh about this. I works. I don't even know where it was when I was working, but it was always if there was a problem, the first step. What's the first step to solving the problem? The first step is search for the guilty and then punish somebody. Okay. Right. Rather than rather than solving the problem, let's humiliate somebody. Let's find out who did this. Right. When really you should just be solving the problem. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> we have this tradition that started. Um, since about the 1980s, and, and where it affected education was with that document that we've talked about before, was a nation at risk, okay? Because um, what it did is it, the a nation at risk published in 1983 started this movement that we have an emergency in public education and that our schools are failing, okay? Well, by the time No Child Left Behind is signed into law in 2001, we have found the guilty ones. We've found the reason that education is not doing well, and it is because teachers are not being held, teachers and students are not being held accountable. In other words, let those teachers. Let's not talk about laws, let's not talk about tax, let's not talk about money, let's not talk about teachers or parents, I mean, let's not talk about administrators or departments of education at the federal level or state level. Let's go down and blame the teachers and the students. The problem right. is they're not doing their job. Right. Okay. And so funding then was tied to test scores. So what what the Bush administration decided to do, based on what uh, states had done, is to tie funding, how much money you get, to your test scores. Well, and and let's, you know, I I think this is a fascinating topic because, you know, what what we do is we believe that the people in charge understand what is best. Right, that they have checked. Right. With people who... That they have some expertise, that they have some knowledge. Right. And, and you know, and the, the, the title of administrator um, brings with it an air of knowledge that suggests, okay, well, this person uh, should know what they're, what they're talking about. And so when, when an administrator says, this is how we're going to do it, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's an administrator in a school or it's an administrator in, in, in Washington, D.C. for the Department of Education. Right. Um, when they say, you know, this is how we're going to do it, right. I think that the, the, the typical person um, 
out there, the typical right. parent out there, the typical teacher out there, believes that, okay, this person knows what they're doing. Why else would they be in an administrative mm-hmm. position right. um, it, unless they knew what they were talking about? That's right. Or, or had checked with those who did. Right, 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 right. right. And so, um, so we, we, um, with, by 2001, we were reaching a point where people said, oh, this is the problem. The problem is with teachers not doing their job, with students not working hard enough, not being pushed hard enough, with principals not making sure that teachers are doing their job, with teacher unions that protect. So we sort of identified the guilty party. We said, this is why we're doing poorly. Right. Okay? Um, and so... And everybody were, just kind of went along with it. Right. So, so like, oh, well, that okay, makes that's sense. It. Well, yeah, that makes sense. It's the teachers' union or it's the teachers. We have lousy teachers. Right. If the teachers aren't teaching the kids, then sure, that's the problem. Right. That must be it. So intuitively, sort of intuitively, it sort of made sense that, oh, okay, well, I guess they've checked it out and that must be the problem. So um, we don't like these tests, but if that's going to be the solution, right. then we're all going to go along with it. Okay. Um, and it makes me... Th- so, so this, this whole idea of searching for the guilty uh, brings me to a second place where we see this today, and that is in our um, presidential campaign. Oh, boy. Because what's everybody doing? Gotcha journalism. It's called gotcha journalism. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to, trying to trick the politicians. What's getting all the press when Donald Trump made the comment about 7-Eleven instead of 9-Eleven? Right. That's hardly newsworthy. I mean, right. he misspoke. I do it. Everybody does it all the time. Right. Instead of talking about the real issues, um, you know, and we have important issues in this country. I guess Bernie Sanders has raised some issues. Right. And the other, you know, different people have raised issues. But instead of that, the journalists are talking about who made a comment about this and who, who misspoke and who's not telling, you know, yeah. instead of talking about the issues. So, so it's all about, ah, gotcha, gotcha. And sometimes it feels that's the way our institutions are working, that first of all, we have to figure out who's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. let, let's find out who's wrong, and uh, then we'll come up with a solution. Well, anyway, one of the effects of this search for the guilty, um, let, let's figure out who's wrong here, who's making the mistake, who's not doing his or her job, is that we have this increasing divide, and it really concerns me as a professional educator, we have an increasing divide between upper-level administration and classroom teachers. Mm -hmm. Classroom teachers are not, they know what's going on. They know what kids are and are not doing. They know about how much time is being spent or wasted on testing. They know what's wrong with the curriculum. The classroom teachers know this stuff. And and the the, the classroom teacher knows which students are meeting the standards and which students aren't. They don't have, without testing. Without testing, they know. They can tell you. They can tell you without, just walk into their classroom and they'll tell you where every student is functioning. You don't need all this testing. We don't have to waste weeks and weeks and weeks testing kids. Classroom teachers already know that. But we have this increasing divide between what administrators are made to do and what classroom teachers have to do. Right. When we went to that meeting, I, I attended the meeting of the citizens. Um, what is it called? Citizens, CB, citizens with testing, anyway. Um, and so I went to the meeting, and during the meeting, nobody wanted to assume responsibility. First of all, there's a problem with testing. It's citizens for better educational for, leadership. Yeah. Right. There, nobody, it was, a, it was a very informative session in a way, but there was a whole panel of people there, and nobody wanted, 
first of all, let's begin with the, this whole testing thing is not working well. Everybody right. acknowledges that, right. okay? So we were there to discuss that, that this isn't working. And instead, two things happened. Uh, one was that the people who are responsible for testing were saying, no, it's really working much better than anybody knows. Okay, that was one thing. Uh -huh. And the other thing is, is, well, we really don't have a choice. We, we have to do this. You know, and it makes me think of World War II Germany. I was just following orders when right. I shipped those. Okay. That's no longer um, a, a legitimate response for the questions that people are asking today. Um, the fact that we have everybody on the stage, well, the, the government makes us do it. You know, the, the state legislature said we have to do this. Right. If it's a law and it's not working, then we change the law. Right. But is anybody doing that? No, we're sort of blindly going along. Knowing what we're doing is ineffective and wrong and muddle-headed, um, we do it anyway because it's a law. And I was very disappointed when, um, when, when uh, public school officials used that as an explanation for why we continue this flawed policy of high-stakes testing. Right. Okay. Um, but that's the divide between, and nobody seems to be able to do anything about it, and yet there's a great deal that you can do about it. In fact, a couple states already have. Right. Well, it's the, it's the traditional um, passing of the, pass, passing the buck, or passing that's the right. accountability to, you know. I'm not the guilty one. I can't do it. It's because the state, and the state says, well, it's not our, you know, that's by the, right. the, the federal it government. It comes from Washington, D.C. Right, you know? right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Nobody wants to be the one that says it was my decision. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess some people do. Um, but those are people who tend to be so disconnected that right. you don't talk to them anyways. Well, in, in Seattle, Washington, it was a single high school. One high school refused to administer their um, state test. Mm -hmm. It's called the something uh, achievement test. And <clears throat> they refused to, uh, to administer it. The state, first of all, the county, the, the school district, and then the state did everything they can to try to force that school, and the school refused. The, the administration of the school refused. And within that same year, nobody is forced to take that test in Seattle. Mm -hmm. no, it's no longer required in the state of Washington. Right. It's no longer required. So it is possible, if we stand up for what's right, to make the right thing happen. It's, it, but it was disappointing to me that night to hear everybody say, well, we're just following orders. We're just doing what Tallahassee tells us. We have to do this because the state legislature said we have to do it. It's a law. I was told the other day that opt-out is not, is illegal in Florida. Right. Opt-out's illegal everywhere. I mean, everywhere where a state is mandated by law. Right. So you have to come up with some other way of doing it. So don't tell us we can't use uh, those kind of things to protest because the time has come for somebody to stand up and begin to protest. Uh, Billy Townsend yeah. uh, wrote a wonderful uh, piece about this. And in it, he calls for, let's have public vetting of all this stuff. If, if it's really working right. well, explain it to everybody. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a professional educator. My, daughter, my children have gone through this testing system. I don't understand it. I mean, I don't understand where these tests are coming from. I don't know what the questions are. I don't know anything about it. Right. Nor does anybody in the school district know anything about it. We're not allowed to know. We, we have this 
uh, policy that's affecting kids' lives. Kids are being retained, 1,100 kids a year being retained in, in, in this county alone, let alone around the state. I don't know, it's probably tens of thousands of kids are retained. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> tens of thousands of kids aren't graduating. So these are decisions, these test scores uh, carry with them important life-changing decisions. And yet nobody's allowed to know what's on the test or what it's testing or who built the test or who checked the test. Or, and Billy Townsend mentions that in his, his uh, article. Yeah, he had, a, he had a nice point when, when he says that, you know, it, it sounds great to say that it was created by mm-hmm. a coalition of teachers who ensured the reliability and that the, the, test, the, the test items followed the yeah. statutes. And, but who... What but does if, that mean? But if 50 or 60% of the kids are failing it, right. something's wrong somewhere. Right. I mean, it might be the most wonderful test in the world. But if too many kids are failing it, there's a problem there's somewhere. something wrong. And I'm not sure that the problem is with the teachers. Right. The, but that's who gets blamed, teachers right. and teachers' unions. The problem may be in the test. Right. And that's what worries me, that as a, as a professional administrator, um, you're going to blame somebody else. Can't be my t- can't be the test. Yes, it can be the test. Right? right. Because I think that, you know, kind of getting back to what we were talking about before, many times, oftentimes, the, the administrators at the highest levels, not necessarily principals, because principals, you know, they, they tend to have uh, degrees in education. but And they're but, very much a victim in this, too, because sure. they're told this is what you have to do. They have to make it happen. Or... or or else or you don't get your, money, right. or you don't mm-hmm. get you lose your job. Right. But um, but those that at the highest levels, oftentimes at the state and especially the, the federal level, those individuals not are not typically mm-hmm. educators. Mm-hmm. That's you know, right. Th- those administrators. That's right. Um, are lawmakers. Right. You know they're 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 people who didn't struggle in school. Those are right. people who you know didn't have any challenges that had to be considered mm-hmm. when they were going to school. You know, typically, I'm sure that right. there were some that, that maybe struggled, and I'm sure that there are some voices up there that, um, that, are, that are working to, to bring some sanity to it. But the ones with the loudest voice, it seems, are the ones who have relatively little, if any, experience in education outside right. of, you know, maybe having known a teacher. <laughs> right. Well, they went through school. So right. Everybody, went, through everybody school, so. went through school. No, and so what you have, when we talk about the big disconnect, yeah, you have, I mentioned the disconnect between central office administration and the classroom teacher. Well, now we have the disconnect. We go back to the Department of Education in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. okay, and from there you go to the state legislature. So now you have a state legislature that's making laws that are going to affect the classroom teacher. Right. Okay. So we're not just, we don't have a disconnect just between teachers and administration. We have a disconnect all the way back to the state legislature because they're making laws that may or may not work for what's going on in classrooms in, in anywhere in the state of Florida, not right. just Polk County, anywhere in the state of Florida. Right. And in fact, they're not because some of the laws, are, it's just, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate, I guess is the best word, that we have this, we, we have allowed this system of accountability to evolve and take over our school district because it, 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 was, it, it addressed a problem that didn't exist, and I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. And it hasn't solved, but it has created um, a number of problems. Well, um, and, and and you know another point that uh, Billy Townsend made uh, that I thought was a was a great point is that you know 
we are so many times we 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 look at the big you know government positions that do this the whether it's the federal department of education the state department of education but you know when when it comes down even to the district level you you oftentimes have the administrators who are working hard to set an example and right. to say you know okay our we got to make a change in our district and so they begin to make tough decisions and depending on how much of the Kool-Aid they've drunk mm-hmm. then you know you have situations where uh, again decisions are being made at the at the district level right, right. that that profoundly affect how students just in this region, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things he talked about uh, end of course exams and end of year exams. Um, and I know that we're going to be getting to that in just a moment, but it, it's, it's amazing to me how individual differences, you know, <laughs> it's, it's presented as though, well, this is what we must do. Right. But then, you know, well, you just figure out how you want to do it. You know, you figure out how you're going to let this affect the students. And oftentimes it's punitive. You've looked into this end-of-course exam business with your children. Right. Okay. So let me ask you. The end-of-course exam counts for 30% of a student's grade. Right. So there's an end-of-course exam, but then there's an end-of-year exam. Right. Okay. So the end-of-course exam... Those are state-mandated state-created tests. Okay. So that's for there's certain classes like U.S. History, Algebra, Algebra 1, Algebra 2, Geometry, okay. Biology, those things. That's end of course. That's end of course exams. End of year. End of year exams are a little bit more of a... District-wide? We're not sure what they're... <laughs> well, that's, well, that's one of my questions. Yeah. Okay, so what's the end of year exam? The end of year exam is basically uh, a, an end, a, a, a exam for every subject that doesn't have an end of course exam. So an end of year exam is going to be something that you take in every other class, every class that doesn't have an end of course exam. Okay, now I want to interrupt both of us here for a minute. We're both highly educated. Yeah, I think, wow. We've been teaching education courses for more years than I want to remember. Right. I mean, we're talking about a lifetime, 40 years of it, mm-hmm. between the two of us, 60 years of education, right. teaching education at a university level. Right. We're sitting here saying, what's an end of year exam? Right. And we have children in the public schools and we don't know what it is. Right. And I think that's the point that Billy Townsend is making in his article that we don't know what this stuff is. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know who's developing it. It just, the stuff just keeps appearing. And we don't know what it is. And he calls for the district to say, if anybody, whether it's Department of Education or the Central Administration, if you're going to have a testing policy, we all, we, we teachers and parents, need to understand what it is, what you're using it for, where it comes from, who developed it. We have a right to know that. You work for us, by the way. Right. That's what he's saying in the article. Right. Incidentally, right. you work for us. We've hired you to educate our children. That's gotten turned around. Right. That we're somehow made to do whatever they, they whoever they are, whatever they want us to do. And right. Well, you know, the, the thing, too, with the, the end of year exam, like I was talking about with the, you know, the district level decisions. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, <laughs> let me preface from, from it with all that. the information we can gather. From what I understand, the way that the end of year exams 
uh, or, or end of year assessments are devised, that's left to the district to decide. The end of so year. The end of year. The end of course, again, that's the state mandated ones. Mm -hmm. The end of year is sort of left to the school district to decide. And right. so you have, there are schools mm -hmm. that don't do any of them, that don't do anything. Um, some of the charter schools, they don't do any of the end of year exams oh. because they are not technically, they're not state mandated. And private schools don't have to do any And private schools don't have to do any of that right. stuff. But, right. And then you have the, the, the other public schools who fall under the, the umbrella where they have to do the end of year exams. Right. And again, these, the end of year exams, from what I understand, <laughs> cover every subject, which means that there's an end of year exam for band, there's an end of year exam for English, right. for art, PE. for PE, for all of these different classes. And what they did in our district, at least, um, I'm sure that other districts are doing it differently, but again, I don't. We live we, here. We don't right. know. Mm -hmm. um, is our previous superintendent got a group of teachers together? I'm not sure from where. Uh, and they developed the tests. The end of year. The end of year exams for all of the different subjects. From what I understand, <laughs> I can, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep saying that because, from because we don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. From what I understand, uh, they didn't consult with classroom teachers. Right. They didn't even look at the curriculum that the teachers are using. That's what worries me. Right. Because whether we're talking about end of course or end of year. There's no way to know whether what's on the exam was actually presented in the class. Right. And yet a student could fail the class because they didn't pass one of those exams. Right. And, and you know, we're talking about the end of year exams with this, but from my, from my opinion, the end of course exams aren't any better. Even though, the, right. even though they're state mandated, they still don't look at and, and you know, take into account the specific curriculum used in the classroom. My son just took the uh, Algebra 2 right. end, of year, end of course exam. Mm -hmm. So this was the state mandated one. Mm -hmm. And on the first day he came home and he goes, that was the most difficult test I have ever taken in my life. That's what everybody's saying. He, he says there this were- end of course? This is the end of course exam. Right. So the one that he had to, would have to take. Mm -hmm. He says, I have no idea. And he, he started talking to me about one of the problems about, you know, if a penny has this much zinc in it and it has this much copper in it, or and then there's another type of penny that has this much zinc and this much copper, mm. write a linear equation to explain how yeah. how this can be calculated. I have no idea. If you've never been taught how to do that, right? okay, and who knows which teachers, maybe some teachers did teach that, right? but it's a crapshoot. We don't know. Right. Okay. The other thing is when when a t let's take his math class. Let's say there's 20 students in his algebra class. Right. Teacher gives teacher builds a test based on what he or she has taught. Right. They give the test to the whole class. I'd be willing to bet that most a few students get A's and B's, a few students get D's and F's, and most get B's and C's. Right. Okay? That's called a normal curve. Correct? Right. Okay. Whenever you give a test, you are going to have a normal curve. Unless it's so hard that everybody fails it or so easy that everybody uh, passes it. Okay? Right. So once you administer an end of course or end of your exam, you are automatically going to create a normal curve. 
Right. Some students are going to do okay. Some students are not going to do okay. So then you have to decide what is a passing score. Yes. Okay. We don't know how that's calculated. Nobody will tell us how it's calculated. You have to get 20% right, 30%, right, 50% right. And how Dr. is this determined? Dr. Wendy Bradshaw has talked about that a lot right. here in our district. Again, we're kind of talking, I know, a little bit about our district, but I'm but sure that, that other everywhere. districts are the same. Right. You know, she's talked a lot about that because it's the arbitrary application and, and um, weighing system that's right. used. Because some years, the FSA test is scored and weighed in a direction that could result in higher scores. That's right. In some years, the mm-hmm. FSA scoring and weighing system lowers scores. So if we have too many students who do well, well, that must mean that we're not rigorous enough. And so let's tighten up raise. And, and raise those expectations a little bit to make right. the test a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Then the next year, not too many students fail. And so let's shift it back the other way. But you're talking about change, shifting the test. Right. You're not talking about changing anything right. at, at the classroom level. Right. You're talking about let's manipulate the scores. Right. To make it look like it's a normal curve. Exactly. We'll, we'll either raise the ceiling a little bit or right. we'll lower the ceiling, depending on how the average students right. do. Okay. Right. And so we're automatically creating this normal curve. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what you're actually doing is we have students competing against each other. Right. Okay. That, that's what we've done is we've set up a system where even though we're not supposed to do that, that's right. essentially what well, we've done. Well, what we've done is we've created a situation where the students compete against each other but they don't even know what they're doing to compete against each other. They don't even know what the measure is to right. say that, oh, you were successful, or they don't know where the goal is. Right. They don't know where the end line is. Now, and, and, and we're talking about an industry that's worth billions, with a right. B, billions of dollars. This right. testing, and yeah. because if you can get the testing contract, you're gonna make millions of dollars in each state, and that comes out to billions of dollars um, and if you, and being you know, honest, if you if you have the majority of the states, right. then you can say, hey, mm-hmm. England, mm-hmm. check out what we're doing over here, and then you can get those contracts in England and right. in different countries around right. the world. And and so we remind. I want to go back to the beginning now, and just so we have this sort of bogus mm-hmm. system that has evolved, um, where. Policymakers, whether it's state legislatures, departments of education, or central office administration, have um, imposed this onto classroom teachers and students. And um, we all acknowledge that it's not working, that it doesn't doesn't really solve any problem, right. but it creates a, a, a number of other problems. Nobody, but nobody's allowed to do anything. Teachers aren't allowed to talk about it. Right. Nobody's allowed. And we all say, well, I'm just following orders. Um, it wasn't my decision. We have to do this. No, we don't have to do anything. Um, right. We can change all this stuff. We, these, are, these are created by us, and they can be changed by us. Okay. Right. Uh, so, so the time to, uh, the blame game, this, this uh, notion of blaming everybody um, has to end. Well, um, I, I think that part of that... You know, if if we want to, um, I'm going to be the non-curmudgeon yeah. uh, 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 position right now. Mm-hmm. I I think that what some of it comes down, to, and this just came to me, so this is uh, off the cuff. So uh, be ready. Um, I I wonder if a lot of the a lot of people are really just in survival mode. 
of people administrators in education? And, yeah. I think they are. Because, the, you know, you're in a situation, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we think about some of these schools, some of these mm-hmm. schools need finance, right. financial resources. They need they, the money. They need the money. They need right. all that. And, and to, say, to be the one to say, okay, the, the, the school in Seattle, we're going to be the one that says no. Right. You have no idea what the consequence of that's going to be. Financial. Right. To your career. Right. You know, is, is that principal going to have a job when this is all done? Right. Is that school going to get any money? Right. Is, he, is, that, is the administration going to be blamed right. if they fail? Are, they have to re, are all the students going to have to be retained? Right. Yeah, what's, what are the implications for the kids? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to have to fire all of our teachers? Right. You know, right. So, so to, to take that step really is a leap of faith Mm-hmm. That I think that I think that I, I, I don't think that most administrators are in a position where they can make yeah. that leap. If you're if you're a, a husband, if you're a father, right. you have kids, you need insurance, you need a salary. You can't just give. I understand why people are reluctant right. to take a stand against this because it is a law. Right. I mean, if somebody wants to prosecute you. There is a law in the books, right? And 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 you can be prosecuted for that, right? For not doing it, right? You can be punished. So, so I think that a lot of these folks are working under duress from right. the perspective of you know their body is in stress mode because oh my gosh, what's going to happen if that you know if right. that school like like in our district if Lakeland, right? You know, with as many students as that go mm-hmm. to Lakeland High School, yeah, If if Lakeland High School decided okay, we're not going to give this test this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I mean, they're just throwing it up in the air. You don't know where it's going to land. You have no idea, right? Or, or what's going to happen to it when it hits the pavement, right? And you and you have to know, you have to know your, you, you have right. to know your district administrators, and you have to, you know, that's a calculated risk, mm-hmm. and, and especially in our area, especially right. m- maybe even in Florida in general, mm-hmm. I I, th- I think that the risk is is great, right? Um, that you it, would get punished. That that you would yeah. get punished pretty. Pretty strongly. Yeah, something something bad is probably going to happen. Yeah. You, right. Um, so so what we're asking for here, the, the, I guess, two final messages. One is, if we're going to do these things, let's vet VET. Let's vet everything um, in plain English. That's what Billy Townsend's right. asking for us. Let explain all this in plain English so that we understand it and we have faith in it. Because right now, what we have, you have a system that's imposed. And everybody is beginning to chafe because we suspect that it's not working. Teachers do, kids do, parents do. But yet we keep getting it forced on us. And now you have an adversarial relationship developing between the administration and the teaching faculty. Okay, That shouldn't be because we all have to work together to solve these problems. Kids, parents, administration, and and teachers need to work together to solve the real problems that we have. Instead, what the era of accountability has done, all this testing has done, is it's pitting people against each other, and now we're blaming each other. You know, right. Teachers are blaming administration, administration blames teachers. That's not going to solve any of these problems. We right. have to work together. Yeah, and, and you know, and the other, another piece is that you know, a lot of teachers have aspirations to become administrators. Right. And so, you know, do you want to be the teacher that kind of pushes the system, right. knowing that part of your future goal is to, in fact, be an administrator? Um, well, you take, may not do uh, well. doesn't Wendy Bradshaw fall into that category? I mean, here's yeah. a woman who's been prepared, yeah. uh, educated to be an administrator, but she had to leave the system in order to be 
become a critic, a, a, right. a, a vocal, useful critic of a, of a broken system. Um, she felt obligated to leave because if you're in the system, you're not supposed to criticize it, right. you know, which is another problem. I right. have a huge problem with teachers not being able to raise these questions publicly because if they can't do that, if they're not constantly raising the issues, we're never going to be able to solve them. No, so. no. You know, we, it has to be, and that's the, that's the, you know, what's behind the veil right. concern that, you know, Billy was talking about and that we've talked about before that, you know, if this is really in our best interest, just make it transparent. Just, mm-hmm. just, you know, you, you don't have to. Yeah, that's transparency. Is the yeah, you, you don't you don't have to give us all the test items. You don't have to. You know, we don't have to see all of that stuff. But you know, using our field as an example, you know, we have faith in our IQ tests, right? Because we know what they do. We we can get the manual. We can get reviews of them. You know, the, the publishing companies are pretty transparent as it relates to what they measure and what they do and what they don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, these tests are not. They're all secret. There's they're, they're, like this big secret that nobody's allowed to. Even the people who are who sh, you know school psychologists right. were never. They've asked for them, them some of this data, some yeah. of these data, and the answer for the last sixteen years has been no. Yeah. you're not allowed to see anything. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and as we've talked about before, this this time of year is just so stressful for everyone. Right. Right. And, you know, you see administrators are frantically running all over the school. The, right. the teachers are, you know, pulling their hair out with mm-hmm. all the expectations and having to yes. do this and having to do that. And, you know, right. we wrote in our, our ledger column uh, this week, mm-hmm. uh, the ledger, uh, it'll be published on, on Sunday. We wrote about times of wasting. You know, the again, that, that disconnect between reality and, and what administration, especially state administration, says right. is so disparate. It's so, right. it's so, there's such a big divide between those two things that it's, it's unbelievable. Right. You know, last year, we, we've mentioned this before, but, but I just have to say it again. Last year, Governor Scott said we are going to limit testing to 40 hours a year. Well, my son, your daughter, mm-hmm. countless students that we've met with and, and talked to over the past couple of weeks have lost that much educational time probably in the past three or four weeks. It, in the month of April, they lost that much time. It, to me, is almost incalculable the amount of time that is wasted, and I mean wasted, with all the testing that's being done today. Considering how little the testing provides, with right. all the problems associated with it, to think of how little it's giving us, right. what it's taking away, and now we're paying this enormous price that we're sacrificing instructional time right. to give all the tests. As a, as a quick example, on Monday, my son took the FSA language arts, um, so the, the, the state-mandated language arts test, reading test, uh-huh. he took that on Monday. That test lasts 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the number of st- and that's just for ninth grade. Right. Okay? So because of the number of students, they have to do it in two sessions so that they have the rooms in. Of course, the rules are, you know, no school bells, no movement around the school or anything like that during the testing. So for that 90-minute test... He did nothing the entire day. 
Right, because he tested in the second half. Mm -hmm. So for the first three and a half hours of the school day, right. he was either in the gymnasium, that was Tuesday, right. or he was in a classroom with a teacher that he doesn't have, um, Being doing nothing but watching YouTube videos. That's right. Because the idea is just Keep stay in your seat quiet. and be quiet so that the other classes can, te can right. test. Mm -hmm. So seven and a half hours were lost. Right. For a 90-minute test. And the, and the way that Governor Scott will get away with this mm -hmm. is by saying, well, I said 40 hours of testing time. And so he only did 90 minutes of testing that that's day. Right. That's what they're that's what they're. But he do. lost seven and a half hours on Monday. Another, well, let's not say seven and a half hours because let's take out the 90 minutes of testing. So he lost six hours on Monday, another six hours on Tuesday. Right another six hours on Wednesday when he had to take the Algebra 2 EOC, the same thing on Thursday, and now today he's got to take the biology test, and it'll be exactly the same again. And as we point out in the column, all this, while we do away with art, music, and PE, because we don't have time. For because it. we have to have more academic engaged need, time. We need more instructional time. So the, let's do away with recess. Let's do away with PE. Let's do away with art music. Let's not have any way because let's do our reading during lunch. Let's have silent lunch because we right. need instructional time. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I called a school the other day and they put me on hold and there was music playing. <laughs> it was it was Phil. Coll the, the irony is just is thick. Um, it was Phil Collins's Another Day in Paradise playing. And yep. I was thinking, wow. That is so fitting. Right. It's no, just another it day is. for you and me in I paradise. Mean, folks, there are there are kids, there are students around this state who are wasting weeks, yeah. weeks of time in school. They're going to school and do ask your children if they're in school. Ask them what they're doing on testing days. And they'll tell you, many of them are gonna tell you they're sitting in rooms doing almost nothing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's a shame. Um, time is wasting. And, and again, it goes back to it, it is a disconnect right. between what the goals that the administration keeps setting right. and what is actually happening in the classroom. The, right. the, the, the gulf between those are, are, is mm -hmm. so broad right. that you can't even see the other side. You can't even, right. I, I don't even see the rationale. Right, and the farther away you get from the classroom, the less the decisions seem to apply, the right. less they don't—they they, just—they they don't make sense. And 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 so what we have is a governor, who's even more removed than the legislature, right. saying we're going to reduce testing time. It, it's a, like always, it's a great, it's a great platform. Right. Oh yeah, it sounds wonderful. But, but when you when you get to the and, and again, that's what Billy Townsend was saying is that. Um, it kind of getting back to, and we'll post these um, links to his mm -hmm. his articles on the on the show notes. But you know, what, what one of the things he's saying is is that you know, for for goodness sakes, you know, you can't um, you can't just give us whitewash. You can't just say you know this is what it is and ever and just expect everybody to say oh okay that's what it is this okay. is what it is and you have to trust me right that i'm doing the right thing and that i'm doing the best thing for your children yeah you're not yeah he, you're he, not doing the best thing by giving these by giving these tests and and then this level of accountability and blaming teachers and students and punishing students mm -hmm. who gets punished right. students and teachers he, no, he, the administrators don't get punished he did a nice job of of you know, looking at one of these documents that they had received mm -hmm. as answers to some of their questions. And, you know, he, he posted some of the responses and he said, you know, 
to, to just perhaps the layperson or perhaps the person just, mm-hmm. you know, skimming through it, it looks like a, a good answer. Right. But he did a nice, again, a nice job of pulling it out and saying, what does this mean? But what does it mean? That's why right. does, why use that, you know, when this was the question? Right. And, and talking about that political spin that tends to be put on things, and I don't, and I don't mean po- politi- political from the perspective right. of politics, but political from the perspective of, you know, covering yourself by saying things in a way that is going to keep people pacified, right. um, not satisfied, mm-hmm. just pacified, and they won't say anything and, and they'll stay quiet. Which is back to our original point. Of, it's not me. I'm not the right. guilty party right. here. It's not, it's not anything that I've done. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So it must be somebody else's fault. It's got to be. And, and the only person who's not allowed, to, the only group that can't defend themselves are teachers and students. Right. Because if you're a student and you're not producing, it's nobody's fault but your own. And if you're a teacher, well, you must be an incompetent teacher. If your class isn't doing well, it, it must be your ability level that's going to call into question. And that's that's the one of the one of the huge flaws in this whole system, is when you begin by looking for the guilty party, uh, very often you end up blaming the wrong person. Right. Uh, the problem here is not teachers and students. The problem here is a flawed assessment system. Absolutely. That absolutely has to change. I was going to talk a lot about another thing, but I think we're, I think I'm going to wait and okay. hold off till another week. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's talk, do that next week. Because um, we got to. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's always. Hey, next week th- is May 6th. What's May 6th? Yeah. Oh, Dr. I'll record it. Don't you dare. I'll record it another time. I can record it. Yeah. And then we can just play it. We could do it. I may not be here. What we're stumbling around about is I may not be here next Friday. So if not, I can do this other one then. I can do the other one and we could just post it. Yeah, we could we could we could record it this weekend or over the course of next week. It won't be on Mixler, but we can put it we can Mm -hmm. post it on post it up so But anyway, we're we're glad uh, Billy Townsend, we wanna thank you for for, uh, keeping the the, uh, keeping this issue uh, front and center. And yeah. we hope that parents really start to uh, voice their disapproval of what's happening because that will give the administrators the courage. I mean, right now, you know, it's in some ways it's hard to blame them because they're doing what they're told. Right. You know, well, you know? One of the great disappointments of the Obama administration was his educational policy. He and, yeah. Arnie, he and Arnie Duncan, well, I guess he, he appointed Arnie Duncan. Um, he and Arnie Duncan came up with this uh, brilliant notion called Race to the Top. And what what they essentially did is they put, they had all this money after the recession in 2008, yeah. school districts were out of money. And so um, we, we had um, Race to the Top, which really put districts in competition with each other. Yeah. And, and the competition was that uh, a district had to show that it was making improvements and it was um, addressing the problems of failing schools. Well, how do you determine that? You administer tests to see who's doing it. Yeah, so, so we sort of um, built this competition into the system. You had yeah. to write grants, and some got funded, yeah. some didn't. And then you had to still give tests. Okay? Right. Instead of solving the problem, they sort of added another layer um, onto the problem. And one of the great, uh, one of the great disappointments of uh, his educational policies Fortunately, yeah. But while Arnie Duncan was insisting that public schools are testing, his children were going to private schools, I think, yeah. in Chicago. So, um, anyway, um, yeah, we'll start. We can stop there and then yeah. take this up another time because there's a, there's a lot we have to talk about. But yeah, be brave. Um, 
your, your instincts are probably right. The tests are not doing what they should, what, what they were supposed to be, and they're solving the wrong problem. They were designed to solve the problem of bad teaching, and bad teaching wasn't the problem. There are right. other problems that we should be addressing. So more to come on this in yeah. subsequent weeks. Absolutely. Okay. A, a few announcements real quick. Um, man. We're almost there. We're almost done. The, the first section of the Handbook for Raising an Emotionally Healthy Child, the first section is called Behavior Management. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it has an introduction and, and four chapters that kind of go through four developmental areas. Uh-huh. Man, that's going to be published soon. That's it's going to be available as when, when, an when? ebook. Uh, it, it is set for publication right now on May 9th. I can't wait um, to read the whole Hopefully, thing. we will have everything up and ready for pre-orders on Saturday. Tomorrow. Okay. Oh, boy. Tomorrow. Oh, it, it, that's yeah. right. That, yeah, that's that the goal. Right. If that doesn't so pre-orders work... pre-orders tomorrow. Yeah. If yeah. that doesn't work, my plan mm-hmm. is to um, say, you know what, Amazon? I'll, I'll get you. And instead of doing pre-orders, what we'll do is we'll just, um, I'll just get it posted up as quickly as I can and kind of bypass the, the pre-order system and the, so people can, uh, you know, they'll be able to get it maybe within the next week. Jeff, that sounds like a threat. No, no, no threat. You know just, who Jeff is? No. Jeff Bezos. Bezos? He owns Amazon. Oh, well. Are you threatening, are you threatening me? How you doing, Jeff? Um, <laughs> Jeff, he's going to take over your company. Watch out. So, um... So within the next week, within the next week, it, yeah. it will be available. So uh, keep uh, following us by uh, on Twitter and on Facebook and everything, because you will fi- you will see it there. You'll, I'm going to be posting links. Um, it's four ninety nine. It'll be four ninety nine. Four dollars and ninety nine cents for for a, and it, the and best it, book you'll read on behavior management. Ever. Up to date, current, right, latest stuff in there, and and, and it will have the supplements. Links, right, it'll, it's going to have a link to a website that'll be dedicated right. specifically to those who've got bought, bought the book. Um, we give and you it's spe- going to have yeah, very specific, uh, just some supplemental information, right. and then some very specific activities and things that you can do to uh, implement the things that we're talking about right. in the chapters. So the book tells you why kids act the way they do and what you should do and those tell you what to do about it right okay and that's what i'm really we're really excited about this book because we not only explain from a neurobiological uh, and child development perspective why kids act the way they do at different stages of development but then we actually provide activities that parents can use to address these things you know what do you do about it and that's what people wanted to know so we got plenty of activities in those supplemental sections. Absolutely. It, so it'll be available first on Kindle. Right. Uh, but we're looking to, um, I'm trying to get into, uh, you know, we don't, we're just trying to figure some of this stuff out. So we're going to get it on, I'm going to yeah. try to get it on right. Nook and some other e And for four ninety nine, that's the best deal in the world for yeah. five, for four ninety nine. Yeah. So, um, and then over the course of the next couple of months, we'll be releasing the other the sections. Summer. So right. section two. Uh, which is called Attention, will be mm-hmm. will be published, followed by Section 3 is Love. Those will all be coming out through the summer. Yeah. sections. Mm-hmm. The reason we're doing it this way is Sections 2 and 3, we're really doing a, com- a complete facelift right. of those. Right. Um, we're going from uh, the way that they're structured in the previous edition right. uh, to a very different structure for them. So uh, that's taking a little bit more time. And so we thought we would go ahead and start getting some stuff out and right. letting people uh, see what's going on. Yep. So, um, so that is soon. Um, we are, um, because of this, I have uh, paused some of the work that I'm doing with the Udemy course. 
because uh, I wanted to make sure that um, I focused as much as I could to help get this book out uh, within the next week. And so once, once the handbook is launched, I will be finishing up the Udemy course um, that will be available for parenting your ADHD child. Right. Um, and the first in a long series of Udemy courses. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, so we'll have that available on Udemy and um, some other right. things too. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, don't forget about the Elimination Diet Manual. That's available on, on um, Amazon Kindle right now. It's 99 cents, mm-hmm. 38 days. You can yeah. change. Um, right. You know, there, There's a lot of... Um, a lot of issues. I was talking to a patient the other day that is having some problems concentrating and focusing in school, and so we're talking about putting her on the elimination diet mm-hmm. because I think that there's probably a relationship between some of the things she's eating and some of that cognitive fogginess that she's having in the classroom. Yeah, my daughter's on a on a very rigorous um, tennis training program right now. Yeah, um, and I want her to do it just yeah. to make sure because she's going to have she has to change the way she started a little but she's going to have to change the way she eats yeah. and I think we're going to do the elimination diet to find out what she should be eating sounds good to me yeah so that's the elimination diet manual right. um, by, and the workshop um, we have a workshop and we're coming. doing a workshop next month so yeah. stay um, tuned a lot, so, lot, a lot of stuff on. going on mm-hmm. and we're on Google Play Music now how about that the podcast is on iTunes and Google Play Music. So write, write us a review, write comments, um, rate us so other people can find us. And um, we're, we're, we're getting up there finally. We crossed the threshold. We crossed the threshold of 1,000 downloads we for the, the, for the month. Um, let's see. As of, to, as of this morning, we have 1,192 downloads. Uh, which is nice, which is exciting. Um, we just high five um, because we should be that, on TV. It <laughs> would be great. We could re- we could video record. People our can podcast. see what we're you know they can yeah. see the passion yeah. if we were on TV. So um, so yeah, it, that's it's exciting. But spread the word, you know, rate us, write reviews. That that helps more people find us and more people get involved. So all right, okay, that's everything. That's all yeah. the all happy the, Friday. Have a good weekend. You too. Okay. Um, we have a soccer game this weekend, so it'll speaking be great. of soccer, we have to talk about Leicester, Leicester City, Leicester City, Leicester City. Yeah. Okay, we got to talk about that. You didn't tell me what was going on. Oh man, it's History an amazing the story. Making. It is. Um, Five thousand to one no. is the odds. Are the odds that they would win this? The... And your son's a Man U fan, isn't he? Right. Okay. Right. So he's got more than a passing interest. Yes. Yes. So. Okay. So good um, luck to the. Uh, is it okay to good luck to the Leicester? I would fans? prefer them to win than um, any of the it's other It's a teams. Cinderella story. It is. Yeah. It is. Okay. So we, we could talk about that's them it, another That's time. today um, or tomorrow? No, no, no. Uh, tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. All right. So until next week, I'm Dr. Bernie. I'm Dr. Richard. Have a great week. <laughs> Happy testing. And uh, don't don't stress out too much. Right. It'll be okay. Stay calm. We're going we're gonna to make it. Stay calm. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you.